Warm welcome back to the Off The Tips podcast where we're back for the 27th installment of the weekly pod and as I say every week we're racking these up and no AC this week, he's fresh off the operating table getting his, getting his wisdom gnashes taken out and, and we had another late withdrawal with Monty just stuck at the office so coming in off the pine, fresh off winning a meat pack at the Waimakariri open at the Wymac Gorge Golf Course is TZ. Thomas, thanks for thanks for coming on at short notice and appreciate it. No worries. Um, pleasure to be on. It's one of those ones I've sort of been waiting in the wings and was just waiting for my opportunity. Um, maybe I could be like a Tavita Pengai Jr. next Tuesday begging for another chance. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've brought you in after, I've, I've seen you in working away in reserve grade and I've been impressed with what I've seen. So you've come back in, but you did what you did tell me is when you played in the WiMAC Open the other day that you were gonna you were gonna get out there and post a number, and I, I believe you you didn't do that. Can you talk me through your your day at the office? Yeah, I had it was one of those, I had visions of posting a number. Um, however, it got off really rough start um, and shot four hundred and eighty in the opening round, which um, was probably left me left me a few too many back, but. No, nah, it was a really good event, actually. Uh, it was bloody cold, but however, I did not did not dress for the occasion. I had shorts and a t-shirt for the whole 36 holes. It was it was almost like that, that was my US Open longest day, 36 hole qualifier. Did did you enjoy the enjoy the track? It, it's quite quirky. Yeah, some pretty funky holes. Like I was playing blind, not in the sense that I had 14 schooners the night before, but I just I'd never played the course before, so um, I probably dropped. I probably dropped four or five on the front nine, not purely because of that, but just nah, it was really cool. Like you sort of heading into that, heading into that back nine, the um, the holes sort of get pretty tight, and you sort of playing alongside the gorge is, is pretty nice. Like it's one of those ones I definitely you just got to play once. Like it might sound like a bit of a goat check, but like once you actually do it, probably probably actually better. It was a lot better than I actually thought it was going to be. Yeah, a couple of really signature kind of par threes back to back, which are. Which are really cool holes on the on the gorge. But um, speaking of playing blind, I heard you, you played in the comp at Templeton on uh on, on Saturday or Sunday, and the guy guy you appeared with actually did play blind from a few too many scanners. Yeah, um, my brother woke up to a message at sent my home at four thirty asking for a ride, and I thought that was pretty keen of him. And then today we picked him up, and he said, "Oh no." Sorry, boys. I haven't. I haven't kept actually. I was. I was at a DMV gig all night, and uh, but I, I'm. I still front for golf. Um, to, to me, that's the definition of a man at night, man in the morning. Yeah, that, that's so good. How how did he how did he go? Um, he went not too bad. He was. It was one of those ones. Um, he tucked down a, a black current Powerade, which was which had me a bit nervous. Um, on, on the first hole, just it's, that's not my flavour of choice. A black, a black car and ambulance. What, what, what's your go-to, Amber? I'm, I'm more of a lemon and lime man, actually. Like, I don't know. There's something, something about it. Like, I'm probably not a Powerade person by trade, but, um, I guess, I guess if if you had, if you've had 14 beers or 14 to 16 beers the night, the night before, um, anything will do. Yeah, that's that's such a blue-collar effort fronting for fronting for 18 in the comp the next day. 
<laughs> he he even told us how he was looking at he was pricing an Uber because if we couldn't pick him up, he he was still going to front. He was he was giving me he was telling me he was going to sting him twenty five twenty five big boys to get the to get to the course. But, but he was ha- but he was happy to cop that. Yeah, mate, this guy sounds like a a champion. Just won't let you down. He's you, would you go to war with him? I, th- I think I would. Um, he's a he's a physio by trade, so I don't know if I, I'd, I'd be letting him give my hamstrings a rub down, but I'd probably still follow him to war. I suppose we should we should move on to the to the actual golf today. Uh, Victor Hovland at the Memorial at Jack's Place, Muirfield Village, gets the gets the job done in pretty impressive fashion. I don't know what you caught of of the golf, but. Uh, Kind of, what are your your thoughts on Victor Hovland as a as a kind of a player? Mm, you know, I, I did catch a bit of the golf this week. It was um, it's always nice to see. Um, I I, I, know I really enjoyed golf tournaments that are low scoring, like sort of like seven under is like that perfect number where the course is challenging and you're actually watching. You actually instead of watching pros sort of get to the sort of twenty twenty five under winning score, actually seeing them challenge and hit tough shots is always. It's always sort of makes you feel a little bit better about your golf when you go shoot eighty three on Saturday. But nah, um Hoblin was really impressive. I I had a quick look just before I came on regarding um US Open um TAB numbers and he could be not a bad share. He's paying nineteen dollars to win at Oak Hill. Yeah, I I agree he's definitely worth a few quid. Um LACC's a course that'll fit his game. He even said that he he kinda stopped going out there and trying to just ball strike his way to victory, he had to kind of go in and, and do the, the gritty, nitty-gritty stuff around the greens and, and work on that. And, geez, he's, he's had a great season today. Uh, obviously, such a good performance at the PGA. And now this week, it's actually his first win in America. It's his fourth tour win, but his other victories have come at the Puerto Rico Open and twice in, in Mexico. So... It's good to see him get that monkey off his back, and that birdie he made on on seventeen was to kind of get him get him in that playoff thirty footer. The only birdie of the day on seventeen was just that's pretty clutch stuff. And on a pretty crispy crispy day at Muirfield Village, he just was far too good. Mm, yeah, agreed. And even um sort of uh, his up and down on 18 and regulation was still like he still sort of had to had a bit of work to do sort of um sort of five or six feet for that for that part as well so that so that was always nice to see and then even in the payoff like he sort of had to hold a five um a wee five footer which sort of caught the side net but no um he seems to actually be rolling his rock that well this year which is sort of he's usually just as you'd said before just a sort of a bull striker in the past but no um he seems to be getting it done on the greens of late yeah, which is which is great to see, and obviously the runner-up, Danny McCarthy, is pretty renowned for his ability on the greens. And geez, he he parted himself out of a lot of trouble this week. Mm. I'd say for your next um, off the tips bingo, uh, the commentators sure did love talking about the tempo of his putting stroke. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe if he gets in a in the hunt at, at the US Open, we can we can add that to to the bingo list because yeah, they they did enjoy talking about it. But the, the proof is in the pudding. He's ranked eleventh on tour and and putting, and it is it is a pretty smooth smooth move. But yeah, they they did it to death. That was his best finish on tour so far. So I guess um he could be one of those ones 
to sort of maybe to watch out for. You you don't want it to be a sort of a Davis Riley where you one good week and then he sort of misses the cut after Davis Riley's win at the uh, oh fuck I don't even know what it was, but he went five missed cuts in a row. So it'd be nice to see him sort of back this performance up in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it, it, well, AC's actually had pretty big raps on Denny McCarthy over over the course of the season. So, uh, yeah, he's been singing his praises and yeah, it looks a decent player. He was obviously pretty heartbroken and still he still fronted the microphone a little bit like what you're doing right now. So he and after that, which is really respectable. You know, you've got to you got to respect the man for that. And then also a side note, um, I saw in the news that. 12 hours after Hovland won, um, he fronted up and caddied for his mate in the US Open qualifier. Um, yeah, that's that's proper ticker. Do you think it was one of those ones that he'd had, he'd had sort of six or seven white claws and thought it would be a good idea to caddy for him? And then he woke up in the morning and was like, oh, geez, maybe why the hell did I, why the hell did I agree to that? Well, yeah, he was, he was talking to the Golden Bear about um, potentially having a few cocktails after his win, so you'd like to think he he got on the tiles a little bit. Like it'd be pretty rude not to designate an event, and then yeah. But he he looked like he fronted all good. Like maybe he's just a little bit like your mate that fronted on the weekend. Just he can just get up for it, and and he he'd committed to something, and he was and he was going to follow through. Just slightly off topic, if Victor Hovland was to have a cocktail, like what do you reckon he's going for? Mm, he well. For, for a bit of context, he's he's right into his like screamo heavy metal, which is something you wouldn't expect. So maybe you'd think the the cocktails are like are something you wouldn't expect as well. Uh, so he wouldn't be your run of the mill Long Island iced tea or or something like that. I think he'd have something a little bit more aggressive, maybe a maybe a an old fashioned or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. What about you? Oh, I don't know. I'd almost, you know, he's from a sort of Scandinavian country, so he'd almost be going like skipping the cocktails and just going straight to the straits. Oh, that's that's a, a brave tactic. I wonder if he, I wonder if he gets um, sore shoulders from see through see through straits. Well, I, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll have to get him on the pot and ask him because yeah, it, it's a it's a it's a condition. What's your what's your go to cocktail of choice? Like I can't go too far past um, an espresso martini. Like you know, I, re- I'm a coffee man uh, myself, so um, anything, anything to sort of get me fizz, anything to sort of get me fizzed up. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. But just just quite tough to sleep after an espresso martini, isn't it? Like it's a, it's a lot of caffeine to be having, kind of late at night. Yeah, I do sometimes find you, you have ticket you have ticket issues after them, but. Um, uh, they're just they're just a nice a nice humble drop. I know they're they're sort of um pretty pretty in fashion, but yeah, just a nice drop. Yeah, hard to argue with that. We'll we'll do a bit of a one eighty back to the back to the memorial just before we we move on to some of the other events around the world. But uh, Foxy showed some good ticker to make the weekend, which is what we like to see. Then have his best stuff on the first day and and fought back and and played the weekend and then just I know you touched on it before saying how it's great to see a, a low scoring event we've we've had three in a row kind of going in going into the RBC Canadian Open which will be a massive birdie fest it'll be kind of 
25 under. So we've, we've been pretty, pretty spoiled on that front. Mm, yeah, I guess also touching on Fox as well, um, you know, made the cut in the number. And then after that, every round he got his round, his scoring improved. So, and like a top 30 is pretty respectable for, um, like it'll sort of keep, keep the coin coming into the bank. Yeah, for sure. And like he's had a bit of time out, out of the game and he's kind of a couple of events back now after being sick and having a kid. So I think, yeah, we're, we're only going to see more improvement from Foxy. We kind of we kind of discussed him at length last week. Yeah. Um, I'm also waiting for him to, to come on camera and say that he's got a new perspective on life after having a kid. Like, you can't have a kid and not say that. Yeah, but I think this is a second, isn't it? So oh, maybe, okay. maybe, so maybe like he he's already had this perspective chat when when interviewed in one of those events on the DP World Tour. Yeah, no, um, my bad. Uh, should have done my research. Yeah, um, it, just another guy that I want to talk about before we um we move on to our punts for the week. Uh, Jordan Speed. Looks to be overcoming that that wrist injury. A good finish for him this week. I'd just like to shout him out. T five played played some really good golf. Just yeah, and we'll we'll move on to the LPGA and the DP World Tour. But just first of all, just want to shout out my pump. Rick, one of my punts landed this week, so I'm I'm back on the board. Ricky Fowler top ten, so it's good to see. Uh, AC kind of scared it with with um, Scotty and. And Rory to win, but yeah, so I'm back on the back on the climb after a, a tough couple of weeks, which is always always great for for the wallet. Over in in Germany, the DP World Tour event was there. TZ, did you did you catch any of the DP World Tour? Would have been on an ugly hour of the night. Yeah, it's, it's not a fun day out of the DP World Tour. Um, I guess sort of. With New Zealand, you you sort of do hold that attachment with Daniel Hillier playing. But th- my main takeaway was your man Marcel Seem tied second in his home in his home home event. Do you reckon he's the? I remember discussing with you last week um, about your Spotify analytics, and you said you had a what you had a listener in Germany. Do you reckon he's the watcher, and he just got he's got fizzed up since you picked him for the Ryder Cup, and his uh, game's turned a corner. Yeah, I I think he he must have. He's Geez, he was wearing the floral shirt, and he was guilty of some some pretty grade four carry on when he was when he was on the course. But as I said on that podcast, that you you can't coach that kind of passion. And mate, with the European side rebuilding this year, maybe maybe he's just the man for the job. Mm-hmm. And um, as people always say, you can't fake passion. You, you can't. You, you, you absolutely can't, TZ. But we should probably mention the winner of the event, Tom McKibben from Northern Ireland. Uh, just a a lights out week on another another low scoring event, nine under, winning the winning the tournament, holding off two local local heroes and Marcel Seam and Maximilian Kiefer. So yeah, fair play to him and. Geez, it's, it's the start of something special. I know Padraig Harrington's got some pretty good raps on him, so it'll be one to kind of keep a lookout in the in the future. Mm, yeah, I'll be I'll be honest. I'd um I'd never heard of the bike until um he signed his name up in lights this week. So um yeah, as you said, it'll be one to keep an eye on. But um 
I don't really know where he's come from. Do you have Do you have any idea about what his like his world rank is? Um, no, I know he's after this week. He's ranked thirty third on the European, well, DP World Tour. So he's obviously had an okay season to date, winning obviously catapult you up that. But yeah, I'm a bit like you. I I'd heard his name before, but geez, I hadn't really done any any research and nothing had kind of come across my desk about him. So it's it's good to learn a little bit more and and hopefully just yeah. Keeps, keeps putting his name at the top of those leaderboards. It's Northern Ireland have had some sneaky good players over the years. Does, does this win show the depth of the DP World Tour when you've got folks who you have actually heard of coming coming on, competing and actually winning tournaments? Well, I think you're probably right. The, the depth has kind of dispersed a little bit with kind of what's going on in the in the golfing landscape. It's It's no secret that the DP World Tour is not as strong as it, it was even five years ago. These guys aren't coming back to play as often. And, yeah, it, it's a little bit sad for, for a tour with such a rich history and guys like Seve who who kind of built that European tour and would go and complete Pete regularly at majors. It's Hopefully this kind of strategic alliance with the PGA Tour sees a few more kind of designated-ish events come come over to the DP World Tour so we can see, especially the European guys, play over there a bit, bit more often because it, it is great for the game when, when Rory and Rahm and, and stuff are competing in, in big events like the Irish and Scottish Open. Yeah, that's always um, a really good time of year around sort of the Scottish Open, you know, leading up to the, to sort of the the Open. I guess that's when the sort of DP World Tour gets the, the majority of its coverage and I guess... And I saw Rory confirmed his um, attendance at the Scottish Open, so that, that'll be one to look forward to. Yeah, absolutely for, for sure. And he's also yeah he's playing the Irish Open as well, which is which is good. Something he hasn't done in in a, in a few years. Over at Liberty National, this week was probably the probably the story of the week on the LPGA Tour. The the college superstar. NCAA champion Roseang making a pro debut on the on the LPGA tour. That the hype, the build up was massive, and geez, she handled it as well as you could by winning an absolute classy shot to to get it the job done in the playoff. Uh, I got told probably three or four months ago there was a story came up about Roseang uh, at work and. One of my colleagues just said, oh, there's a story there about this girl, Roseanne. Get ready to be writing about her for the rest of your career. She's going to be one of the best players you ever see. So it's pretty fair rap. And, gee, she, um, she fronted. I'd call that a hot take from, from that chat. Um, not that he's entirely wrong, but I'd say that's just pretty um, – one tournament. Uh, yes, she's won, a, she's, played one, she's won from one, so – but you know that's that's a pretty heavy take. Um, that, was, what, no, that that take was about two and a half months ago. Mm, so, as well, yeah. Like, no, that's before, very impressive. I, yeah, I I did not. I see Tiger Woods um, gave her a shout out. Um, both Stanford alum alumni. So yeah, um, that sort of um, if, if you're getting if you're getting uh, words from Tiger Woods, you, you're doing something right. So nah, I'm pretty good on it. Yeah, it's about four hundred balls. 
on the range a day and putts for an hour or two hours and and chips for about two hours so you'd that's some pretty impressive numbers that's kind of like the numbers that i see from tz at the at level seven of the university library mm, yeah now nah, by the sounds of it she's a bit of a ranger wreck <laughs> have have you spent much time on the range recently or are you strictly just confined to the pro shop nah um i knock off at about four thirty. oh um in the pro shop so before that before that gets dark i usually like to go um beat a few balls down um yeah i've got a lot of demons to work through at the moment so just just sort of going about going about my business in the shade and um hopefully in, in a couple of weeks come out the other come out the other side of it what's what's going wrong with your game oh me and my coach are really just working on trying to get a really good position at the top no, no, no. I don't have a coach, and I'm, I'm not working on anything. But no, nah, just just sort of um, contact. Contact's a big issue at the moment. Just sort of really not hitting strong, not hitting a strong flight. Okay, because there's there's a few rumours circling the the Templeton Woodward Cup side that that maybe you're going to put your hat in the hat back in the ring this year and and come come join your brother and and try to defend what was an amazing title that I happened to be in the gallery for last year. Yeah, um, my manager told me the other day he still had a few offers from a few sides. So um, I guess sort of come no- November 1, I'll sort of be able to um, have, have those <laughs> discussions when I'll, be on the, when I'll be on the free market. But no, nah, in all seriousness, um, one of those things, that, yeah, it'd be nice to play, but um, A, I don't think my game's up to it, and B, um, someone's going to be doing the tough work in the pro shop, selling, selling bumper bars. And raids, yeah, and, yeah. and those raids to the blokes who haven't kept all night. <laughs> yeah, that, that, no, that's fair. And and palming off some some ball markers every now and again. Yeah, you do get the odd, you do get the old ball marker. Um, you sell a surprisingly amount of pinnacle softs. Like who in God's green wants to wants to use a pinnacle soft? <laughs> yeah, what what are the sort of what sort of demographic are buying uh, Pinnacle Soft? Is it old blokes? Is it oh, it's, young? Um, it's blokes cut from the same cloth as me, just blue collar working class men. Yeah, that are just are just fresh off the off the mines, just getting some Pinnacle Softs in their in their shag bag and and getting out and just pounding divots. Yeah, they'll be they'll be going down for a jug at at, at the, the swamp, um at the local establishment, um, five minutes down the road straight after the round I'd say. Do do you ever find yourself in the swamp? Nah, um can't say I've I've, I've ever ventured. Um that's I always hear um the comms being flying around, oh yeah, um should we head to the swamp for one? But no, nah, okay. I've I've, ne- I've never had never had the privilege. Okay, no, no worries. What about after the boys got up in that uh, famous, famous Woodward Cup victory last year? Did they head to the swamp? No, I think I think they just chipped it away at a few tins up upstairs in the in the clubhouse and just reminisced on the on the, the victory that was. Mate, what what a display! Your your granddad did such a good job on the on the bag of Dave. I, I thought he was magnificent. Yeah, he sort of, um, by the sounds of it, he sort of guided Dave round, and um, you sort of had a grubby moment um, from memory. You, uh, I, from all accounts, I heard that um, the person who Dave was playing um, lost his ball, and as he was walking back to the tee, um, Callum, who was in the gallery, happened um, happened to find his lost golf ball. Can you talk us yeah, through that? 
Yeah, well, he hit this ball yonder left at Harewood. Uh, the long par five on the back there, I think it's... Number, number 14. Number 14, yeah. And, like, he just hit le- low left pole, kind of cut from a... It's kind of a sea hill in this, actually. And uh, everyone was kind of searching for it. And I, I just... I wasn't even looking for it. And I, I just ran off to take a piss in the um in the bushes. And as I was taking a leak, I just looked down and I, I saw this fresh this fresh seed just at my at my feet. And as I come out, he's getting in the cart and getting taken back and I just was like, Oh, what was it? And he said, Oh, Bridgestone three and I was like, Oh yeah, it's back there and then and then the guy from Templeton's like, No nah, mate, three minutes is up and I was like, Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Stick <laughs> so, off for the rules. It was, nah. it, was so, it was so dead anyway. It was like Dave was in the middle of the fairway, and this was like this was so dead. It was. Did you Hag City? Did you chuck the ball in, in your pocket and keep walking? Nah, no, nah, I, I I let it be because there were. My initial thought was it was someone coming down the other hole that it was one of their balls, so I just, I just left it. But yeah, yeah. got. Got a couple of sideways looks from the from the Clearwater patrons, but hey, my my boys got the, got the job done, and and that was that was all that was that was all she wrote, really. Yeah, you, you can take those dirty looks in your stride. Absolutely. Before we rip into our our playoff holes, we'll we'll just talk briefly about the the longest day in golf. Do you want to TZ? You can take the lead here. Yeah, so it was um, Monday, and so obviously they're the day behind in, in America, but they sort of had their, what, what they call the longest day of golf, which is their 36-hole US Open qualifier. Um, I get On the day, there was 878 players vying for only 64 spots. Um, I think there was about there was 13 sites where you could um, qualify, and you had some pretty notable players um, playing. Which was sort of which led to actually some, a lot of notable players missing out. So I, I guess um, everyone's man Michael Block missed out by two shots. So that was but yeah, yeah, his, his son also missed out, and he sort of missed out quite big. He went he went eighty one seventy one. So um, I guess so your your ball speed sort of doesn't get your ball in the hold. I'd say no, no, not at all. I had a couple of other guys that were notable misses. Mark Leishman, a perennial flusher, but just obviously he's gone to live and. His his game is not where it where it once was. Harry Hall, who had a good week the other week, he missed and major champion Jimmy Walker. Mm, was yeah. And then, and then even the likes of sort of had your Bill Haas, Cameron Champ, Zach Johnson, sort of all missing out. And then I guess yeah. turning to the yeah turning to the players that made it, um, notable ones sort of Kevin Streelman, Patrick Rogers, but there, there actually wasn't that many notable. A lot of the notable players actually just missed. So I, um, you sort of found that quite a few amateurs qualify. Um, we've got your man Cal, um, Cal Phillips qualifying. Can you talk us, <laughs> tell us what you know about him? Mate, I didn't know anything about him until I, I had to get a yarn up about him qualifying. I just know. <laughs> Probably as much as as, as you, uh, Western Australian bloke. He's a young fella. He played on a couple of junior presidents' cups. By all accounts, is a fantastic player. Also Stanford alumni, so pretty good pedigree there. Uh, so yeah, it, it'll definitely be be one to watch. Uh, a, a very good player by all accounts. Uh, Koala Carl, I believe he's he's known as. He's affectionately known as. Can you see yourself maybe reaching? Can you see yourself maybe reaching out to him? Um, 
as the esteemed golf journo you are um, before he plays, <laughs> or or will you wait till yeah. will you wait till he sort of gets a top fifteen and then try to get around him? Well, I, I don't think I'll be reaching out to him to him really, regardless. Uh, I'd. I'm I'm a pretty small fish, mate. It's just that's that's not really really my go. Uh, but yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see how he goes. Just one last notable miss awarded his PGA Tour card via the PGA Tour University of Ludwig Aberg missed. So that was that was so surprising. And he's such a flusher. I know AC thinks he's going to be on the Ryder Cup, which is. Flowing, flowing under the radar compared to what, what I said about Marcel seen. But, yeah, that, that was another notable miss miss for me. I, I thought he would have qualified, but it is so fickle, that yeah. final qualifying. I guess looking at the qualifying sites, the biggest the, – the event that had the most amount of qualifying spots, it was 103 players vying for 11 spots. So sort of – and then you had other events where um, 50 blokes vying for three spots. So it's sort of, it's sort of pretty fickle – um, qualifying and the scoring didn't look the the scoring didn't look too great either. Like sort of, I guess the tournaments were sort of you're seeing six or seven, six or seven under winning. So maybe they sort of set it up a little bit difficult. Yeah, I, I'd imagine it would have been pretty hard. I I don't know about you, but have has Dave ever thought about putting his his name in the hat to maybe qualify for a New Zealand Open? Nah, I'd say I'd say that's far from his train of thought right now, but. Um, yeah, I guess he's just sort of he's enjoying his golf at the moment, and he's um, playing some pretty decent golf. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if he um, if he tickers up and plays a few events. Yeah, hopefully he does. Just cricket season, just quite niggly for tournament golf, isn't it? Mm, and, you, and like I always say, or he often says as well, there's no point in shooting five, six, or seven under if you're just playing with your mates. Um, you, you're better off. You, you're really actually only challenging yourself if you can do that sort of under the gun in tournaments. Uh, we interesting to see if he can can convert that. Yeah, because has he been firing some numbers at in the off season? Yeah, just yeah, he's always good for it. He's always good to post a always good to post a number. So. It'll be, yeah, and, and seems to be seems to be striking it well, but yeah, I guess um it's all it's all pretty um pretty easy or well, a hell of a lot easier to do when when you're sort of just playing with your mates and, and nothing nothing's really on the line. Yeah, for sure. Did did he post a number at the Wymac Open? Yeah, he was um actually leading up the first round, and then um he 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 was pretty dark on the group he was playing with. Um, he was playing with two other blokes who spent the whole day doing aim point and um bashing out eighty fours and eighty fives. So uh, he came off he came off with steam coming out of his ears. Um, about the four hours forty five four four hours forty five minute round he had just completed. <laughs> and I don't know if we said it, but Dave's are. Thomas's twin brother, who's a who's a classy player in his own in his own right. But yeah, what what's your your take on on aim point? Well, I got yeah. Like, like I I appreciate the scientific nature of green reading because of it's an art it's an art in and of itself. But it's just like grow up, mate. If you if you're shooting eighty four and eighty five, you've got bigger fish to fry than than wondering is it a one, two, or a three. <laughs> that's a, that's a pretty good call. I, I I don't I don't mind that at all, mate. We've we've gotten half an hour into this, so we we might as well crack into our our playoff holes. Uh, I'll kick it off with an around a quick around the grounds, which is where 
where we kind of just rattled off quickly how all the Kiwis from around the world went. So we'll kick off with, with Lydia Ko, who, who finished T33 at the LPGA event that, that Rose Zhang won the Americas Open, and Foxy finished T30, very solid. It was a tough weekend for Dan Hillier, shot 80 round one and, and, and missed the cut after being in some pretty good form. Charlie Hillier, T13 at the PGA Latin America, Harry Hillier, T47 at the same event, and Denzel Aramea, 58. So a respectable display from the Kiwi golfers around the world this this week. So hopefully we, we can take that into, into next week and some big events coming up. A staple of the Off The Tips podcast, TZ, is, is teeing off. I gave you a brief rundown on what teeing off is. It's kind of something that's caught on your gripe for for the week, or it can be on course, can be off course. But do you have a teeing off for me? Yeah, I've got I've got one. I've actually bought two. Um, there's one that stood out, and then one that I've sort of sat on. So the first one actually involves the off the tips host podcast himself. Um, I, I was in communications with him on Sunday night, and I um. I sort of asked Cal, oh, um, what's for dinner, mate? And he goes, oh, yeah, just having a humble cheese toastie. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, um, talk to me what's on the cheese toastie. And he goes, oh, just cheese. And I was like, oh, any butter involved? And he goes, no, no, no. I've just put spray oil on the top of my toastie. Like, and I was like, mate, I, I simply can't cop that behaviour. I think I think that's pretty rogue behaviour. Um, what, what, um, as the person who consumed the humble toastie, um, what was the thinking of having spray oil on the top of your toastie? It was just, it was fairly, um, it was just fairly lazy. Uh, the butter was, uh, when you spread butter, you want it to spread nicely. And it was just a little bit hard. So I just couldn't, it couldn't spread it evenly around the top of my, uh, the top of my plowman's bread. So I just, was like fuck it, <laughs> got the got the rice bran spray oil and just did a quick whiz over the top. And to be fair, the crisp was fine. The the flavour wasn't as as good as a as a butter toasty. But hey, on the the grand scheme of things, probably probably better for the rig. Mm, like there certainly are worse things you, you can put into your rig, but um, that sort of stuck out for me for me from that conversation on Sunday night. And then secondly, just quickly, uh, I walked in the uni gym. Uh, this afternoon and I'd go into one of the um the core rooms and what do you know there's a bloke um working out with, without a shirt on like oh that, that that for me that's a big no-no mate buy your own personal weights and gym at home if you're gonna do that sort of carry on mate, oh, you're, you're preaching to the choir here it was was that in the fun zone Nah, it wasn't in the fun zone. It's called the boxing room. So he had his he had his sort of rig off, and um, it looked like he'd just been to the local MPD and sort of had a jerry can jerry can around his waist. <laughs> was he was he punching some bags on the? Yeah, um, I did I did see a few shadow actions from him. Maybe maybe he was couple of combos. Just, maybe he just watched Rocky Two with his missus the night before and felt inspired. Hey, you never know, but yeah, that is that is top quality pelican behaviour. I, I I agree. What what's getting on your um gripe this week, Kel? Uh, I believe I've got quite a good one this week. Uh, just on Instagram, the amount of um like crypto finance uh, bot accounts that try get in contact with you, they they proper rev me up. Like yeah, get like four that's... follows a day. 
that's pretty partial behaviour. Um, to off the tips, get those follows just to boost up its um, its reach. No, I don't. We don't get them on the off the tips. It's mostly just on the on the personal account. It's and um the the like fixed uh match fixing ones, like the the gambling ones. They like they they proper wind me up. I eh? just get them, and then occasionally before I made my Instagram account private, they'd just be in in my DMs telling me how how I could make five grand in ten minutes. I just I just I just don't think that's. I just don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, um, the age-old saying: "If it was easy, everyone would be doing it." We'll wrap up the pod today with something that, that that's quite quite new. We'll leave the golf busters we did last week. Uh, we, we've only had one solved, so we'll wait until AC gets back because I'm not going to lie, don't fully understand them. So <laughs> we'll wait for him to come back. But we'll wrap up the pod with Cal's Cal's pro tip. And maybe TZ might have one off the top of his head. But my pro tip this week is uh, four to six beers on the course make you swing it better. And I, I'd say it'd adjust your handicap by three. It'd bring it in by three. But but more than that, no good. Um, quick question, what beers, what beers would you come in? Normally a, a can. Uh, I'd... I'd kind of lean towards double browns have been notoriously easy to drink on the golf course, but even even something as simple as a, a Steinlager Tokyo Dry or or a Waikato Draft. Personally, I haven't tried it over in Australia yet, but even even pals fine, but you maybe maybe six pals might be too many. Maybe maybe four four maybe five pals a good number. Yeah, you, you really don't want to be getting legless um, on the golf course, especially if you if you have to hop in your wagon and then drive, proceed to drive home. Yeah, uh, for sure. Do Do you have any kind of kind of tips that can help uh, punters with their with their game? Mm, nothing hugey, I'd say. Mate, get a nice pair of waterproof golf shoes. My fucking golf, my golf shoes suck, and it just makes golf an absolute punish. Yeah, especially in the in the Christchurch winter, just such a tough scene. Yeah, a big Christchurch frost, and your body, your body toes are just fr- are fr- are freezing for the first four holes, and then all of a sudden you look at your scorecard and you're plus five through four, and you've got cold feet. Yeah, just just not what you're after. Why don't you just get a, get a pro shop discount, being the being the hardworking assistant pro you are, and <laughs> and get some. Yeah, nah, um, the range they offer in the pro shop um, isn't to my liking, to be fair. Okay. <laughs> That's no worries. Well, mate, we're pretty much done. Any any golf on the horizon? Exams hitting you between the eyes, but have you got any golf planned? Not a whole heap of golf on the horizon, actually. Um, just sort of big focus on exams of late. Um, we'll try to sort of get out later in the week, but you never know. Like, it's one of those ones you always say, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm real keen for a game. Yeah, I'll definitely get out this week, and then something else just comes up. So and I was thinking the other day, I don't think it would be possible to play the amount of rounds of golf that I've promised to play with people. And if I had to play them starting tomorrow and I had to play all the rounds of golf I've promised to play with people in my life, I would I don't think there'd be enough days on this earth. <laughs> that's a that's a pretty good uh, that's pretty good food for thought. I 
I don't know. I I made up a whole heap of numbers last year at, uh, at while I was I was at uni. So, but yeah, I'm I'm probably in the same boat. I think I've told AC the last two weeks that I'm planning to tear it up the next weekend, but I'm actually booked in this this Monday, Queen King's birthday weekend here in Oz. So I'll get out. Hey mate, over over summer uh, we could we could be teeing it up together at the at, at the Nelson Golf Course. You could be showing me around the around the home track. Yeah, um, I, I did hear that that your your family's moved to Nelson. Yeah, um, Northlands Golf Course, Nelson Golf Course. Um, I'll just give that a wee plug. Um, if you're in the region, um, it's a must play. Okay, because I've I've been out to Mochawaka before, and that's a that's a handy little track. But would you would you say Nelson's superior? Yeah, yeah, I'd say um, Nelson's got a little bit more character uh, and some pretty funky holes. It, it can sort of blow a bit of a zephyr um, if you on a on a nice summer's um, afternoon there. So you want to be ten off at Sparrows at seven a.m. tee off in the in the clubhouse by ten thirty having a brew. Okay, mate, that that sounds outstanding. Well, well, TZ, I really appreciate your time today. It was a it was a Joey Johns like debut. I think you you've absolutely nailed it. You you have a career behind the microphone, so mate, really appreciate your time, and hopefully the fans get around you and and they're not too harsh. Yeah, no, nah, cheers, mate. No, nah, I'm really enjoying it. That um, I know everyone always says it, but that um, looking at the clock now, it's been forty two minutes. So where the hell did that go? Yeah, absolutely. So cheers, guys, for tuning in, and we'll catch you next week, and hit him well this weekend. Cheers, That's your home.